now listening to the Charity Church Podcast. Well, hello once again. It's Pastor Marty. And Tommy D. And we are here with the Post-Sermon Podcast this week, talking about shame, playing a shame game, beating the shame game. Yeah. I think we have a lot to talk about. I was stuck down in Charlotte, and so I'm running a little late for the podcast. I walked in, and the first thing Marty said to me was, shame Shame, on you. Shame on you. (laughs) Shame on you. Well, we hear that, and if we don't hear it out loud, we hear it in our head, right? Mm -hmm. Man, it's like, I'm so ashamed of myself. Do you think there were any men who were ashamed of themselves on Valentine's Day? Yeah, the ones that forgot. Yeah. 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 I almost forgot. I mean, it wasn't that I forgot. And that let me rephrase that. I almost messed up. My wife only had she don't have a lot of requests. She only wanted one thing, and that was dark chocolate covered strawberries. And I thought, well, probably several places have that. Guess what? They were all out. <laughs> they were all out everywhere I called. Well, not everywhere I called because I did call our friend over at Eat Cakes Bakery, mm-hmm. and she said, "Come after three thirty, I'll hook you up." And so, you know, she. She Donna came, did through, it. came through in the clutch for me as well. She did great. She did great. Our, I, well, I'd heard that they were had them at, my wife said they had them at Sam's. So I'd gone over there and they said they sold out yesterday. So, or the, or the day before, you know, so they, uh, they didn't have any. So I called one place up in China Grove that I heard it had them and they didn't have them. So I was like, Donna, she'll, she'll have something. Maybe she didn't. She was out of them. She came through. But the, she made them for us. Leah had sent a picture of flowers and dessert. I got her to um, our girls and son-in-laws and on a thread we're on. And one of my son-in-laws responded, what? It's Valentine's Day? Uh-uh. And I said, nah, that boy's smarter Dude. than that. I yeah. think he's messing with you. Yeah. I was telling Tracy, you know, we don't make a huge deal over Valentine's Day. We have in the past. It's kind of seasonal for us. But um, I was thinking, you know, these these young married people... Those boys better step up. Absolutely. They better. Even if their wife says, nah, don't worry about it. You better worry about it. Young men, pay attention. Pay attention. When your wife says they want nothing, that means you better get them you something. You better find That's something right. to bring home. So we all play the shame game, and we hear the words shame on you, or we say those words to ourselves, or you should be ashamed of yourself. Uh, those words, you know, have plagued people for decades upon centuries, you know, this, this shame game. What do you think? I think what, what you said, <clears throat> we hear the word, sure, but I think that uh, where it gets dangerous is when we put it on ourselves, self-imposed shame on me. Yeah. And and we just walk around in that. And I know we're going to flesh out what you talked about, but when you were preaching this sermon um, of how we get just stuck in it mm-hmm. when we waller, with the waller. emphasis on the R, yeah. uh, when we waller in it, and it becomes a cesspool. Uh, yeah. Psalm 2, 3 says, let us break off those chains. Man, Jesus is the chain break breaker, mm. and we and he will release us from those chains because shame, when we when we do waller in it, oh. it, they are prison shackles. But he can lift us up out of the mire. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah, there may be. A little more to that. By the way, I, yeah. I should have paid closer attention because, you know, I was listening to, as I was driving back up, I was listening to your sermon from Sunday again, and you used the word ruminate 
multiple times. And so earlier today, you and I were having a conversation. I said, it remind me what ruminate means. And you just looked at me. I thought, oh, there, <laughs> I, I feel ashamed again. <laughs> you had said it so many times in the message. Did I say ruminate or did I say renumerate? I, I think you said ruminate. Okay. Apparently, maybe one of the times I said renumerate. Okay, that's yeah. a different word altogether, Tom. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, English class. With- Sometimes later on, I get things pointed out to me that I said. And I'm like, did I really say that? I'll mess a verse up or something right. like that. I, I know what you were referring to. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, ruminate when you when you when you think something over and over and over. Uh, I think it refers to like how a a cow chews its cud. Yeah. You know, that's that's ruminating. That- I thought that was regurgitating. Yeah, but I think it means the same thing. I'm so it just confused. It. It's another R word. <laughs> oh, man. So let's review, re- ruminate over the sermon. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so shame, this all-consuming condition that we have let ourselves down, others down, and or God down. And we all deal with that this all because that's what happens it it becomes an all-consuming condition mm-hmm. that we've let someone down and and we do worry over that and we we uh it it just it can put us in a place that is just unhealthy you know it is unhealthy <clears throat> and I, I you pointed out rightfully so that shame is a bad thing mm-hmm. and shame and guilt are not the same things that's right I like how you differentiated that because guilt is not necessarily a bad thing. We we should feel guilty when we make a mistake. Uh, but guilt is, this was so good, guilt is um, momentarily, it's a response to something. Mm-hmm. Shame is the identity. We take on the identity. We take on yeah. the identity. Yeah. There's a big difference. One's an act, one's an identity. Yeah, shame is not just an emotional feel. Emotion that you feel is an identity that you wear. I think is how I mm. had put that. Uh, but but we do. I mean, we start to get, we start to take on the identity of the failure, the the sin, even you know, that's wrong. We should feel guilty about those things. But my goodness, if you just you know ask for forgiveness and you know you you move past that, whether it be in a relationship or certainly with God. You move past that. We can't. We can't carry that identity mm-hmm. because so many people carry that into every relationship that they have and every circumstance that they find themselves in, and and they just begin to say, "Well, that's just that's just who I am." But no, you're not. That's that's Amen. not who, it's something you did, but it's not who you are. I, I know we bring it up a lot, <clears throat> but we bring it up a lot because it's so uh, relevant. I think just with people and human nature. But one of the amazing ministries we have here sparrow's nest yeah it flies right in the face of that because they say you're a new creation yeah you know as opposed to some of the other treatment things in society that says you will always identify yourself as an addict or something like that Mm -hmm. what no no you're brand new creation in christ i love that they drive home that point yeah um so you can walk in that freedom all right yeah, because no one wants to stay in that. That that I, I get a picture of you know when you catch your dog eating something off the table, hmm. or when they've messed all over the floor, and you come in the door and you call their name out. You know how they act? Oh, they cower. They do. Yeah. They just go down and they get into this posture of 
of sh- it looks like shame. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't know if they're feeling shame or guilt or whatever, but but it just looks like oh, I have just messed up right. bad, and Daddy is mad at me. Yeah, and and that that's kind of the picture I get with people. But you know, a dog's a good picture because. They don't stay in their shame. No. So they might cower from you because they know they did wrong. Then you go outside and you go mow the yard. You come back in an hour later and what do they do? Eating they're, off the table again. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> well, they're a lot like us in that. But but their tails wagging. Yeah. They're excited to see you. Yeah. They don't dwell. They don't sit they have a, in that. They have a short memory. They have a short apparently. memory. Sometimes we need a short we memory. We do. Gosh, yes, we do. And I think God wants us to have a short memory. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll visit some of that coming up this week, but- but God remembers our sins no more. For us who know and believe that God is omniscient, for him to say he remembers that no more, I don't know that he's necessarily saying that it's like he can't recall it. Right. It's just when you remember something no more, what he's talking about there is... He's choosing. I'm no longer... I'm, I'm choosing to, to no longer hold that against you. Mm. And when it comes to shame, I think what we do is we... We hold it against ourselves because this is, it's not necessarily a battle between you and me. It's a battle between me and me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's something internal that's taken on, taken place that I've got to work through because it will, if it, if I don't, it will affect you and me Yeah. because I think you always view me through that mm. and other people view me through that. And, and, uh, you know, even people sometimes are more gracious toward us than we are toward ourselves. ourselves. Yeah. In that way. Let me ask, you gave three different types of shame. I'm just curious which one maybe do you struggle with the most or do you think manifest itself in people the most psychological, social, or sacred? Sacred. Yeah. You know, I think there's a level of all of those, but without having thought about it much as far as personal, which one I deal with the most, um, I believe just by nature of what I do as a pastor, and you know this, mm-hmm. when you get up and preach, you know, we, we do our best to deliver the best message that we possibly can in a 30 minute, 35 minutes time slot. Right. You prepare, you study, you internalize, you try to do everything you can, but then you always wonder, was it good enough? Right. Was it good enough? And, and, and we have our ways of, and we, and I've shared this with, with some of you staff members because, um, you know, it's a personal thing with me is we tend to measure how effective the message was by the response. Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. How many people got saved and how, how many, many people, people went to the went altar, to the altar yeah. and how, you know, that kind of thing. And, and oftentimes when you don't see that, we start to have this psychological, or I do, I have this psychological same shame because it's a perceived lack of value or a significance based upon how did other people value something that I prayed about, put a lot of effort into, and tried to deliver with as much clarity yeah, you, as possible? You pour your heart and soul, and then you get no response, and you're like, this meant nothing to anybody. <laughs> right. Yeah. Tracy, would you at least cry? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Do something to show me that it touched your heart, you know? And then there's social. Here's here's the way I deal with social shame, all right? Can all I right. be honest with oh, you? Oh, yeah. Nobody else listening right now. Okay. Here's the deal. I am bad about I'll I'll make like a social media post that I want to put out there. Yeah. And I delete it and re- rewrite it. Delete mm. it, rewrite it. And sometimes I'll go, eh, I'm just not posting anything cuz that just sounds stupid to me." <laughs> yeah, but or or you think better of it, right? You're like, "Maybe I shouldn't." So when I do that, those are the random 
random thoughts from Tommy D that you get from me via text <laughs> that I desperately want to put on social media, but, but I know can't I can't. Do it. I can't. Yeah. So I'll just send it directly yeah. to you. <laughs> that's okay. It's a safe space. That's right. But but that social shame, it's just there's a cultural um, expectation, I guess, you know, social cultural. It's our worth is measured by uh, social expectations. And when you put something out there, whether it's on social media or wherever, um, you know, just the way that you dress or the way you present yourself, uh, how do, how do people perceive that? Not, it's not necessarily attached to that psychological self-imposed thought process. It's, it is, there is a real cultural standard, good or bad, that we want to and try to live up to. There is, but man, that's a fine line. And I think we have to be careful. That story you told about the teenage boy uh, who had a a cultural standard. I love what you said. That was never, never imposed by God, Mm -mm. but it was imposed by by the leadership of this church. Correct. But it was, if you want to just put this person in the category of a Pharisee, thought that they were in the right to, to do that, man, we are so, it's so easy to to be guilty of that if you're not careful, as yeah. opposed to just meeting people right where they are, loving them where they are. Uh, one of the first messages you ever let me do here was I did a message called the ground is level, or, or it was the fire pit effect. And mm-hmm. the whole point was the ground is level at the foot of the cross. Yeah, And I brought people up on stage. One of the guys used to be my youth pastor who was... Um, covered in tattoos. He was wearing a hat and he said, well, do you want me to take the hat off or or put on long sleeves or something before I come up? And I said, the only way I want you to come up is leave the hat on and have your tattoos showing. It was driving home that point. I mean, you know, I know his story and man, God did a 180 in his life, just flipped his life around. But it's very easy to look at somebody that looks like that and, and, come up with immediate assumptions of who they are right right and 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 so there is a there is a social or cultural standard that can often be unhealthy in the church Mm -hmm. in which which kind of you know and many people would say this this would lean into even the last one which was the the sacred or the theological standard but there there should be a standard that god has set right Mm -hmm. I mean, there, there, there's there some things clearly laid out in the yeah, scripture right. that we can go down the line and go, these are God's standards for his followers. You know, you these are the works of the spirit. These are the works of the flesh. Mm-hmm. We want to do works of the spirit. But what happens, we we impose, we, we may be guilty of committing a sin that goes against that, but we stay in it too long. That's and right. we we don't come out of it like I was talking about. You know, we, we get... We go from guilt into shame, and we don't come out through confession, confession. or repentance. And so, uh, but 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 there is an outside standard, and it's God's character. Um, and I think that's what Adam and Eve experienced in the garden. They knew they had broken God's law. They did the one command He gave them. That's right. And they tried their best to cover their shame with loin or with fig leaves. With fig leaves, that would be very uncomfortable. As loincloths. Yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, there was the Garden of Eden. I mean, maybe fig leaves were different back then. I don't know. Maybe. But I wouldn't want to wear one. No. Anywhere. And they were in perfection. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So, and, uh, you know, we, we all have to, we, we try to compensate with for our shame in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, and I tried to go through some 
some ways creatively. This was the part of the message I'd heard another pastor use these fame, lame, and blame. It was really creative. I thought, that's that's good, you know? So, uh, But I enjoyed when you were kind of just recapping multiple times in the, the message, and they all rhyme, fame, yeah. blame, shame, mm-hmm. whatever. I think it was fame, lame, lame, and blame. Fame, fame lame, lame, and blame. blame. And you would recap that real quick. I'm like, uh-oh, Marty's about to start rapping, rapping. on stage. <laughs> yeah. But but that's what, you know, it's so true, though. We, we overcompensate by making ourselves look like something that we're not. We try to cover our shame. Um, or we blame other people, mm-hmm. you know, blame our circumstances and that kind of thing. So I am a victim of the circumstances that I find myself in. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to downplay that people have had some awful experiences that would lend itself to shame, right? It would, sure. I mean, but, there, there's things that's done to you that you can't have. But even in that, we, we can't just sit in it. Right. Yeah. We got to move on. And when you're teaching that, I just thought, man, fame, lame, blame, all those things, those are, those are masks that we try to put on. Yeah. And when I, anytime I think about putting on a mask, I think about, you know, the original word hypocrite, right? The actors would put on masks. Mm -hmm. They were actors in antiquity were called hypocrites. Um, But I thought, man, if we're not careful as Christ followers though, and we try to put on a mask this is where we turn away culture because they look at so-called Christians mm. and they just call us hypocrites. We shouldn't be hypocrites. Mm. Let's just be real. Let's yeah. be vulnerable. This is what I'm struggling. I love your plug for life groups, a safe place where you can go, man, I've had a bad week Yeah, and I've done something I'm not proud of. And quite frankly, I'm feeling kind of ashamed. And then you have other brothers and sisters in Christ picking you out of that. It's good. Lifting you out of the mire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we, we should respond with, with some vulnerability, you know, and just lay our guilt out there certainly before God and before others. And, and uh, you know, my small group, I, I value them tremendously. They they know me and they show up here, most of them anyway, show up here to listen to me preach every week. And uh, That's good. Uh, they, I, they know you on a different level and still show up. They still show yeah. up, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and even counseling, you know, some people... Some of those circumstances that you've gone through, you you need counseling. Absolutely. And I'm thankful for good, godly Christian yep. counselors that biblical. Yeah, just, that dive into the Word of God and bring people up out of that. We've got some really good ones in our church. Yes, we do. Um, that we can that we can recommend and send people to. Well, let me ask you this, because okay. you gave the fame. And you gave an antidote to every one mm-hmm. of these, which is really good. You said the antidote to fame is humility. The antidote to lame is vulnerability. The antidote to uh, blame is responsibility. So uh, which one of those do you do you turn to the most? Do I go to the yeah, most? For you personally. Um, I, I probably... Um, it's probably different with different people. It is. It is. But I would say that responsibility, you okay. know, I uh, I have a tendency to, if you know, full honesty here. Um, and I, I think we all have this tendency, all right? When I do something wrong, I blame my circumstances. Mm-hmm. When you do something wrong, mm-hmm. I blame your character, right? That's so true. <laughs> we do that That's with everybody. So true. Yep. And so I think that I have to be careful that I don't play the blame game and always attribute somebody's lack of whatever 
or even my own, you know, just having to take responsibility for my feelings, my action, um, the shame that I may feel, whether it feel like insignificance or whatever, feeling uh, uh, incapable of whatever. But but that responsibility that helps defeat that blame game that that we that we often deal with. And I'm I'm not sure I laid that out there correctly, but but yeah, I got to take responsibility for my own actions. I can't just stay there in that place mm-hmm. of and, shame. Well, and how many years have you and Tracy been married? Thirty-four. Thirty-four. And so, after thirty-four years, clearly she's a safe place for you to be completely vulnerable. Sure, man. We and we have to have that. Yeah. Right. But don't you love the fact that you can be completely transparent with her? Yeah. Be like, I mean, nobody knows our us like our wives, the good and the bad. Right. But we need that. We need that with our spouse. We need that with a close brother or sister in Christ. Mm-hmm. We got to have that level of vulnerability. You got to have somebody that yeah. that you can that you can have that kind of honesty with without any fear of rejection. Mm-hmm. And to be fully known and fully loved is is a very unique place to be with someone else. Truly. And yep. uh, not everyone has that or not everyone has found that. But I'll tell you where you can find it and that's in God. Let's go. He's all of that. Mm-hmm. He fully knows you, fully loves you. And he he knows the things that you hesitate even saying out loud to him. Mm-hmm. He already knows it. Yep. They're they're hidden from others, but they're certainly not hidden from God. And uh which kind of the way we summarized that whole thing was God defeated the shame game. Indeed. He defeated. He won. He won. He won it for us in the garden. He did it for Adam and Eve. And uh you know, you've I've, I've heard the I've heard the the sacrifice part of that many years, you know, study scripture and, you know, God made the first sacrifice Mm -hmm. in the the garden, but I never thought of it in the terms of God covering their shame, you know, and we always think of it in God covering their sin, but ultimately they were ashamed of themselves. That's why they hid themselves Mm -hmm. in the garden from God. But he comes along and he says, listen, no reason to be shamed. We know what's happened but I'm going to cover you. You don't have to walk around this garden ashamed any longer. And then ultimately we get to the new Testament and who does it for oh, us? Man. Jesus and the cross. Yeah. Man. Those, those, and acts, <clears throat> I don't know if we've done this, but I just want to encourage people. If you did miss last week's message to go and listen to that, because that part you're talking about right now in the old Testament, we see him covering it with the first sacrifice to an animal. Fast forward to the new Testament, mm. man, the cross, People need to hear that because you spent some good time on that. Well, the the cross was an instrument of shame. That's right. If someone went to the cross, it was most shameful, um, degrading death someone could suffer. There were lots of ways they could kill people. Yeah. The cross was intentional. Yeah. And for that reason. Right. And they weren't just like, we think on a hill far on a hill far away. No, yeah, it wasn't. No, it was people could walk by and Look they were, at you and mock you. And, they were on the roadside. That's right. These crosses were on the roadside, a, a busy roadside. Yep. So everybody saw others hanging there naked mm-hmm. on a cross. Certainly Jesus was beaten beyond recognition, and he took all the shame upon himself. The instrument of shame was the cross, and, and that's what Jesus suffered and did for us. Mm. So. Yeah, this week we're going to continue this. As I said, you know, in my introduction this past week, I could have gone several weeks with this series, but we're going to try to finish it up this week. 
Um, and, and the direction I'm feeling the Lord leading is being used on the other side of shame. That's How good. does God want to still use you? Because I think that's what many times we just feel so defeated. How we, could you ever use somebody like me? Yeah. How could God ever use somebody? Here's, I've got such a tainted past. And so mm. we're going to look at a couple of stories, stories from scripture where some men that had some tainted past, but yet God chose to use them in, in spite of that. Another reason to read the Bible. They're right. Is when you think you can't be used, or you just just pick anybody in Scripture that God used, and you'll see a lot yeah. of similarities, which gives us a lot of evidence for the accuracy of Scripture. So that that's a wrap for this week. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you'll be here on Sunday. And uh, hey, you want me to sing us out? Sure, sing us out, Tom. On a hill, far away. Wow, that's where we want you to go. Sing that. <laughs> 